Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. And I have so much on my mind, I almost don't know where to start. And that's not very different than so many other days in my world, if you know me well, right? Uh, Recently, I have been having a lot of conversations that feel the same to me. And so I want to talk a little bit about broadening the subject of loss and grief. I've been talking about how little support there is how difficult it is to find help if you want it and how the responsibility falls on the people who are grieving. It isn't provided for us. People are not giving out names and companies and services and, you know, just offering that at the time of loss in places like hospitals, hospice, funeral homes. If you know of places that do, please let me know so that I can connect with them and work with more places like them. I'm very picky and selective about who I refer to and what products I use. And so if I ever, ever recommend someone or something, know that it comes from a place of, you know, deep, belief and someone or something that I would personally use. I won't ever suggest or recommend something I wouldn't myself use or I'm not personally using. And so if you do know of these places or of places that are trying to make that connection with people in this difficult time, because let me tell you, it's difficult. It's even more difficult to try to do that work. I struggle with technology and research and those types of things prior to, right? That is just not my zone of genius. But then when you add trauma or loss to that and the impact it has on your brain and what you are going through, tasks like that are difficult in a way that you can't explain to other people unless you've gone through it. Unless people have been through it and can understand that trying to look something up online can be really difficult, overwhelming, and a lot of people just won't do it. Or if they don't find it right away, they'll stop. And so if there isn't a human being offering these things to these people at the time when they need it the most, saying, here's someone I know and trust, here's a name and number, let me get you in touch with these people, it's less likely to happen, okay? That's that's the world of loss and grief to begin with. So then let me talk to you about people who are dealing with loss and grief when we add stigma to the conversation, when we talk about someone who has died by suicide or someone who has died connected to substance abuse or overdose in some way. The people who are grieving have not done anything wrong. They are 
grieving the loss of a loved one. Yet the stigma surrounding the topics of substance abuse and suicide makes the support that they receive even less than the rest of the world receives for loss and grief to begin with. So the people coming to me who are dealing with these type of losses are so isolated and so alienated and people in their own circle, people who they, who loved the person who is now gone, people who are a part of that person's world, maybe blood family, maybe lifelong friends. Those people aren't showing up. For whatever reasons, I'm not judging. Those are their journeys. And there's a lot that goes along with it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the other people who are grieving, who are struggling and who need support and who are alone and who have less support and who need any and everyone. So if you're listening, if you know someone, if you have had someone in your world, if you are even thinking of someone in your world who's using alcohol or drugs to a degree that's a concern right now, that, that maybe this could be you in the future, understand that there is less support. And so even if your somewhat friend, your friend a few degrees away, Maybe you're not so directly connected, but maybe you're really compassionate. Consider the fact that the people who you think might be there for them just might not be. Parents, in-laws, lifelong friends. Like I said, there are people who just might not be showing up again because of stigmas surrounding substance abuse because of the fact that not everyone understands that addiction is a disease. There are people who get frustrated and think it's a choice and walk away for their own well-being and their own mental health. There are people who, even people who do understand that it's a disease, who need to step away at certain points and set boundaries for their well-being and mental health. All of that. I understand I've been in this profession for over 25 years. I've lived it personally. I get it. I am talking about when there is a death. When, when you are compassionate enough to put all of that aside and say, Joe Schmo needs me. Joe Schmo just lost a sister, brother, parent, best friend, husband, wife, whoever. And even though I'm holding on to this anger from last week, last month, last year, 10 years ago, you know, there's a lot that goes along with substance abuse. People do a lot of things when they are using things that they are remorseful for and acknowledge that sober they would not do, stealing, lying. Things people will do for drugs that they would never do sober. None of that matters when it comes to being there for someone who is grieving the loss of someone. 
in my opinion, how they passed away doesn't matter. The pain doesn't, doesn't hurt more or less for any of us, right? I'm instantly connected with someone who has lost a partner spouse. People who have lost anyone are instantly connected because like I said, unless you've lived it, you don't get it. And I don't want you to get it, right? We don't want you to get it, but you will at some point. So understanding that because of the stigmas in this world that I'm working day and night to change, that will take months, years, and still there are people who might not ever get it, right? There are people who don't even understand grief without these added layers, right? I have conversations every week with members in of Team Ruthless, who we meet every week, every holiday. And people talk about how difficult it is to just say, I'm not okay. People look at us functioning, surviving, getting through life because we don't have a choice, right? And oftentimes people just assume, take for granted that people are doing better than they might be? Or how many times a day do you run into people who just say, hey, how are you? It's it's part of natural conversation, right? And so many of my clients answer to please the person asking rather than being truthful. And we were talking about you know, someone was saying, is it a safe place? Can, can you, can you answer truthfully? And I get that, right? There are some people and places that it is better, easier, more comfortable. You'll get a more compassionate response. And that is where I encourage people to be their true selves, to let everything out. But why can't we say I'm not okay anywhere? Why is that too much information? Why is that the world we live in? I agree that we need a safe space to share personal and private things. But if I'm not okay, I'm not putting on a happy face and pretending I'm okay for anyone. But not everyone is able to do that. And And I want to help people get there, but I also want to help the rest of the world understand what you can do to make it easier for others to be able to answer truthfully. And when there are added layers like a suicide, an overdose, people do not feel safe. They do not feel like they will be met without judgment. And They don't need your magic solutions. They don't need your magic magic fixing, right? They just need you to be there. So many people disappear. People have to get back to living their lives. And we know that and we get that. But there are so many people that do that and then just don't check in, don't come back to remembering that a person grieving is grieving. And that doesn't end. There is no finish line. There's no expiration date. There's no end. And so 
the timeline for how often do you check in? How long should you say, I'm here if you need anything, coming by to give you a hug? How long is that? It's different for each person. I say, don't stop. Do not stop. It was a really, really long time for me before I was able to recognize that I wasn't meeting my end of relationships, that people were doing far more checking in on me, far more calling and doing their end of the relationship because I could not. I could not. I was focusing on surviving, taking care of my basic survival needs, taking care of sassy. At the time, I was recovering from back surgery, right? Like every individual person has their own story and their own challenges every day that no one else sees. And if we don't share it, you will not know. So then you add these other layers. And I'm not asking you to change your perspective on drugs and alcohol. I'm not asking you to change your perspective on living life and preventing suicide. I'm not. I have strong opinions and, and I work hard to, to help people prevent tragedies and, and change their outcomes as well. But I am only talking right now about when we're dealing with loss and what to do in those situations. What you do the rest of your time and how you want to handle your beliefs about drugs and alcohol and what you want to do to make this world a better place. I'm all for it. And those are conversations I'm happy to have. And I would love to hear your thoughts, the issues you want to discuss. Sam at SamanthaRuth.com. Again, I'd like to know if you do know of hospitals, funeral homes, places that are taking a more active role in helping people find support because it is not out there. I am, And I'm just talking again because this is not one person who's come to me recently. This is too many people coming to me. And again, for loss and grief in general, but we're adding the layers of overdose, substance abuse, suicide, and people cannot find the support they need. They cannot find it. And if they do, now here we go. If they find it, there are some groups people have found that they are being told they have to wait to start until X amount of time. Like they go in weeks, right? Like if it's an eight week group, it goes in order. And if so, somebody, if they call during week three, you have to wait until they get back to week one to start again because it goes in order. Well, if you're grieving and you're reaching out right now, you need somebody right now. And when week one, one rolls around again, you, you might not reach out again. Okay, so that's a big problem. If we have somebody who's actually reaching out and they're told, come back later, will they? And they're not given alternative options, right? Like it, it's a whole lot of burden put on the people who are struggling. Then there's people who have found places, who have started and who have felt no connection and who have felt like the people running the programs weren't invested. They've said to me, what makes me different is that 
I reach out immediately. And I absolutely do. This is not me tooting my own horn. This is me telling you the truth because I've been there and I know what people need. And if my group grows to, you know, 5,000, 50,000, 500,000, I will never change that. I personally reach out to each and every person. I find out what they're looking for, what they need. If I'm not it, I help find them what they're looking for, if it's books, podcasts, groups, whatever it is, and at least connect with them. Not everyone responds. Not everybody wants to talk, but at least they know I'm there. And if and when they're ready, there's someone available. People are telling me that they go to places and they they feel like a number, that, that no one approaches them, that no one asks who they are, why they're there, who they lost, how long it's been, things that really matter in this world. And so this is why I do what I do. This is why I'm getting my name out there and asking you to share this as well, if you know people struggling, because it's not out there and not everyone can find it. And if people need it and don't know it's there, I need your help letting them know that, please. And so this is a little bit out of my comfort zone and I'm doing it anyway. There is a best of Northern Colorado competition. I forgot what it's called, voting uh, thing going on. And there are all these different categories and counseling services is one of them. And so is radio and entertainment where they have local podcasts. And so I am asking any and everyone to please, for two reasons, one, right, to help break stigmas, to help people know that services like this exist, to help people be able to find this, but also to make a difference in Colorado, where I have been talking for almost 10 years about the fact that it's really a problem here. And what I'm talking about in this episode applies here not only for loss and grief but for just mental health care in general and i could even add a layer to this what if the people who are looking for help are struggling themselves what if they happen to be people who have dealt with depression people who have dealt with substance abuse and they're reaching out for help and it's not available or they can't find it. And that puts them at higher risk. We are contributing to the statistics that I don't care to share. I don't think that those numbers are what matter. I think what matters is that we need to make a difference and do something to help people find what they need when they need it. And if that's a pamphlet, if that's a person, if that's a larger budget so that people can have one additional pers person on staff who is just there to help connect people with services when they are dealing with loss and grief or when they are dealing with substance abuse or when they are dealing with depression and anxiety. I am certain that this is an added financial cost and I am certain that it is worth it. And I am certain that it will alleviate other costs like 
homelessness and other areas that we will see benefit from helping people when they need the help instead of creating higher risks and allowing them to struggle and perhaps go downhill. What if they don't have the support? I had support and I had my background. So I knew where to go, what to do. And I, I was able to lean on people. What about people who don't have that? What about people who don't have resources to pay for therapy in this world? What about those people? What about people who are, are new to recovery? What about people who are years in recovery, but are just as high at risk to relapse? We need to do better. So there's best of Northern Colorado and you can help me get on the map. You can help the Be Ruthless show and Samantha Ruth Grief Hab get on the map so people know services like this exist. So people know that counseling isn't just once a week, sitting on a couch, talking about your feelings and your childhood and having somebody say, how does that make you feel? People don't know that there are services like mine out there. People don't know that you can reach out when you need to, period, the end. People don't know that you can get help with what you need help with, whether that's death certificates or planning the memorial or changing a light bulb. And I use that example regularly because that truly was like the biggest stress for me after losing Jim. I could not reach my high ceilings. I was recovering from back surgery. I didn't, it was, it was like, my brain couldn't process what to do in that situation. Climbing a ladder was not an option. I couldn't physically do it. I didn't want to call someone to come over because friends were doing so much for me already. It's just truly something like that can put someone who is already grieving and at their wits end over the edge and into fetal position on the floor sobbing. And it did. So something bigger, like my basement flooding, which did happen, and some like car problems and other things can be so overwhelming. And people don't know that Grief Hab helps with all of those things. That Grief Hab will talk to your teachers, employers, court, whatever you're dealing with, whatever is stressful. I take that off of your plate so that you can focus on healing and what matters most, surviving and healing. So at any rate, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. If you do not see me come up, please type in Samantha Ruth-Griefhab and vote. I need 50 votes to get added to the ba ballot. Once I have 50, you will see me there and you can vote for me. So you go to services, counseling services, and then you either vote for me if you see me or add in Samantha Ruth dash grief Hab. for the Be Ruthless show. You go to radio and entertainment. You go to local podcasts and the same thing. If you see the Be Ruthless show, you vote for it. If not, please enter in the Be Ruthless show and vote for it. Thank you so, so, so much. Share this with people. Ask them to vote. This is not about an award. This is about 
letting people know services like this are available. This is about breaking stigma so that people who are not going out and getting help because of the stigmas and the judgments and the criticisms in this world that they are afraid of, maybe they, maybe one person will reach out and say, you know what, going through this alone is harder and I'm going to connect with others who get it. If this can do that, then it's absolutely worth it. So please vote, please share with others, please reach out. Sam at SamanthaRuth.com. If you are struggling, if you need services, if you can't find someone, if people aren't responding to you, please, you do not have to work with me, but I would like to help you find someone to work with so that you don't struggle and wait and suffer and just be one of the people who ends up not getting help. One of the statistics is that 55% of adults, and these are only the reported numbers, so 55% of reported adults wanting mental health care are not receiving it. That doesn't include those who aren't reporting, and it doesn't include children and adolescents. Thank you so, so much. Please vote. I really, truly, this is out of character. I don't ever ask, but I'm asking, and it will really make a big difference. And if you are listening to the replay, please vote. This is going on for months. You can do this all the way through September. I believe it might be December. So I will find out accurately and put it in the show notes. Until next time, everyone, thank you so much for being a part of this community. Always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.